scary Savannah and beyond. This is going to be episode number 66. It is. It's symmetrical, right? It is symmetrical. (laughs) So, Crystal, please tell me, how have you been this week and what's been going on? I'm so good because I finally got my animal fix. We went down to Jacksonville and went to the zoo. It was a fun trip. We got to go see all kinds of animals, and that's always interesting now that you're obsessed with zoos. I am. And we also found out that Jacksonville, like Savannah, has its own haunted history. We did, and we had no idea. You just went ahead and thought, maybe we should go see if we can do a haunted tour or something, since we're going to be in Jacksonville anyway. And you found one, and we went on it. We did, but we're going to talk all about that in an upcoming episode, because it's going to be a whole thing. We always got to give people a reason to come back. Yeah, so if you want to hear about our Jacksonville excursion, it'll be out in a few weeks. And you definitely want to, trust me, because it's going to be kindly interesting. So we all know that Alex Murdoch's trial is over and that he was found guilty on the double murder of his wife and his son, Paul. But that doesn't stop the saga from continuing. It never will because it's a money-making proposition for court TV. The death of Stephen Smith, the 19-year-old who was found dead in the middle of a Hampton County road in 2015, has now been classified as a homicide. And somehow, that's got something to do with the Murdochs. Well, the case was initially ruled a hit and run, but during the investigation into the murders of Maggie and Paul, the case was reopened. And there hasn't been any word on it during the trial, but as soon as the trial was over, it was reclassified as a homicide. It's unclear what that evidence was, but we'll be following it and we'll let you know, as I'm sure you are all probably seeing it on the news daily anyway. It's <laughs> it just never going to end. The Murdoch case will be talked about 150 years from now and they'll be like, we still finding evidence about this case. <laughs> Maybe they'll find the guns at some point. Like 100 years from yeah. now, somebody will be out in a swamp and they'll pull it up and yeah. be like, well, there's guns. Yeah. Good thing there's still a podcast about this the whole thing. <laughs> I wonder if like uh, they could use drones. I wonder if any drones have been out looking for stuff. Well, we know they use drones to fly over Moselle because you see all that. I mean, like normal that. people, not the police. I thought that that was just a enthusiast that was flying that drone that we saw the footage from. Oh, yeah. When um, his brother was bringing stuff out of the house that one day. Yeah, that looked suspiciously like guns. Yeah, this is also how they found out about this next thing that happened. Um you know, the hunting lodge, Moselle, the property where this murders occurred. Yeah. It sits on a 1,700 acre lot and it was sold recently for $3.9 million. The house itself, I read, is over 5,000 square feet. And that was just like one of their properties, right? That wasn't yeah. even like their main home, was it? Yeah, they have another home and then they have a beach house. But um, they said all the stuff inside it is going up for auction. Well, it went up for auction and they found out because a drone was flying overhead and saw them carrying all the stuff out of the house. Yeah. Because they weren't going to advertise it as um, an auction of the Murdoch property because they didn't feel like that was the right thing yeah, to do. Yeah, not, not appropriate, but it definitely but adds it got more out. intrintrinsic value to yeah. the property. We'll find out I in a imagine. second. But yeah, that, that's how that got leaked. So of that sale... million of that will go to the family of Mallory Beach, who was the 19-year-old that was killed in the boating accident in 2019. Another one of the survivors, they didn't say which one, from the boat crash will receive $100,000. $300,000 will go to a fund to pay off creditors and victims in Alex's financial crimes. 
Buster Murdoch, Alex's surviving son, will receive $530,000. Okay. And all the items, like I said, inside the house went up for sale and there was a huge turnout. People traveled from all over to Pembroke, Georgia to purchase items from the house. It was everything from lamps to dishes to furniture, basically everything you need to make a house. Yeah, everything you need to make a house, but at highly inflated prices, I imagine. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure there was a lot of camo type clothing involved. A lot of uh, seize the day, salt life kind of shirts, probably, you think. Yeah, what's the other one that everybody wears? Simply Southern, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she I'm probably had some Simply Southern, that. and then he has the what's the uh, the boating type shirt that all the men wear? Vineyard Vines, maybe. Well, that one, Columbia. Columbia. Oh, that's the yeah. sportswear yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the sofa set that they had, it was like I think two chairs and two sofas. Probably sold. went for just a few hundred dollars, right? $30,000. Oh my goodness. Was it like plated in gold? No, it's real nice looking leather though. But the man that bought it is putting it in his own. It's a, like a hunting lodge oh, okay. and he wants it to be protected and like, he doesn't want it to turn into like, oh, people just come here to sit on these couches because of what they are. And he also wanted to make a donation type deal to the families of the victims. So that was oh, his reasoning. That would make sense because yeah. the money is going to the victim. So yeah, I guess you're some people came out from that back. from that perspective. So I mean, I guess it's not that weird. But a Yeti cup, which you know is probably like forty dollars, maybe sixty, it sold for four hundred dollars. Wow, that's just twenty dollars more than you can get them for at Target, isn't it? <laughs> Longhorn antlers sold for over $10,000 for a pair. And you see he's got a lot there. Okay. I imagine. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, all this is literally just antlers, antlers, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of antlers and like dishes and all that stuff. You know, lamps. These tortoise lamps, I think they sold for like 5000 Those dishes just look like something you'd find at Goodwill. Well, I mean, they're probably nice dishes, but not for what they probably got for them. I was about to say those lamps or the tortoise shells sort of look like something that's probably not legal to even yeah, own. Yeah, PETA got all up in arms about that. They wanted them donated to PETA or something. Yeah, because they know how to safely d- take care of it, I imagine, I maybe. One couple purchased a framed poem entitled The Man in the Glass. And the buyer's name was Ryan Trammell, and he traveled five hours to this auction. He must have really wanted a poem. Well, he bought several things. He bought a desk chair and some other items for their home. But this, uh, according to him, this is what he says about the poem. The man in the glass is essentially at the end of the day, you look at yourself in the mirror. And if you can live with yourself, things hopefully will end up okay. But at the end of the day, if you cheat yourself, then you will ultimately see your own demise. It's a little poetic for it this whole is. situation, isn't it? It is. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. And he's going to hang that in his office, his home office. One Savannah woman, Dawn Martin, bought some camera bags and found SIM cards and memory cards containing hundreds of pictures of Murdoch family vacations. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I heard this the other day when you're watching TV and she said, I'm only releasing one because of all two. the sensitive content or yeah, two. She released two of the photos. And by sensitive content, she means... Which media outlet's going to pay me the most to release these photos to them? She said she was shocked to see the photos and became emotional, describing it as if reading a novel and already knowing the end. She has chosen to only share a couple of the photos. One appears to be Alex underwater snorkeling, and the other one is Maggie with a lady who I think is one of the caretakers for Alex's mother. Okay. So it looked like. But yeah, she um, she said it was just so kind of like surreal to see them all happy and 
living their day-to-day life. I bet it would be when you know how everything turned out for most of the people involved. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird. So it looks like this Alec Murdoch saga isn't going away anytime soon. I think people are just still fascinated by it. I just, it's so unbelievable that such a seemingly perfect family has ended in this ruin, like, uh, and people are it just, is kind of amazing that this has happened like this. And I imagine it will go on for a while because not only do you have the Stephen Smith thing, but you said they had reopened the investigation into who was that? Gloria Satterfield. They had said they were going to exhume her body and do an autopsy because her cause of death was ruled natural causes. But clearly she didn't die from sort natural of like causes. the death of Stephen Smith was ruled as a vehicular hit homicide. Because, no, it was hit and run. Or yeah. hit and run, which I assume is not the same thing. But then it's just, oh, it's because he was in the road. That's why. Yeah, that was the only reason, because he was found in the middle of the road. I bet somebody's going to get disciplined for that particular call. Yeah, there's going to be some things happening, because the mother of Stephen Smith set up a a GoFundMe account. Yeah. And she was was just trying to raise the money to hire a private, you know, agency to do the autopsy. Yeah. And she raised over well over what she was trying to get. I think it was over a hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand. At this point, yeah. I last I heard I thought it was like twenty thousand. No, she was only looking for ten or twenty to whatever it was gonna cost, and it was over a hundred and ten thousand, I think, the last time I looked. I'm not sure. But yeah, well, people really want her. to see some justice yeah. for Steven because well, he needs justice because even if the Murdochs were not involved, somebody, right, somebody did something is involved in that needs to be investigated. Yeah, someone needs to be held accountable no matter who it is. This week, we're going to be interviewing a special guest who is a psychic medium. And we recorded this prior to the verdict in the case. And we had asked her about it, what her thoughts on Alec were. And she thought he was guilty. And she said she had a really bad feeling whenever she saw him. Yeah. That as soon as she saw him, she knew that, you know, he was no good. So I guess she was right about that. So let's get into the interview and see what else she has to say. And we want to welcome Lourdes to the podcast. And did I say that correctly? Yes, that's perfect. All Much right. better than most people. <laughs> I'm trying to work on my rolling my L's and R's and such. I cannot roll at all. My mouth you get just an won't. A plus. That's it's it's all about effort, really. I mean, it's not so yeah. much the uh, quantity, but the quality of what I've got going here. <laughs> Thank you for coming on to the podcast with us. And would you please introduce yourself to our listeners and viewers and let us know a little bit more about you? Sure. Um, as you know, my name is Lourdes and uh, I moved to Savannah about two years ago from North Carolina. Prior to that, I was in Florida about 40 plus years, born in New York City to Cuban parents. Hence, English was not my first language. My first language was Spanish. Didn't learn English till I was about five. Consequently, I learned three other languages after that. I bet that's a very convenient thing to be able to do, right? (laughs) I was a language teacher. I uh, taught Spanish and French kindergarten through third grade. And I also taught the teaching assistant um, when I was going for my master's in Spanish literature. But other than that, my... um, other stuff that I do, I am an intuitive, uh, clairsentient means I feel energy. Um, I read the tarot, which I've been doing 30 years. I get messages from spirits, um, kind of like a medium. And I've been able to see spirits since I was a kid and auras, a gift that I got from my father. My mother had it, but she was scared of it. But me and my dad really connected. He was a Pisces. 
And Pisces are very, very uh, intuitive, but I've been able to see spirits for a long time. Hence, I came to Savannah. I transferred with my job, my regular job two years ago. That's how I landed here. Is that a scary thing? Like the, the stuff that you can do or you can experience and you say your mom was scared of it. Is it something that would um, you think frighten people to if, if they were able to experience oh, what you experience? Let me tell you, back in the day, about 30 years ago, I scared a lot of people. Um, here's a, for instance, I was working at a clothing store and this, the manager was showing pictures of she had just gotten married and I saw the pictures. And of course I opened my mouth and inserted my foot, me, the psychic, <laughs> not everybody wants to hear I said, well, I don't think your marriage is going to last very long. <laughs> I shouldn't have, shouldn't have said that That's one. That's a good way to break the ice right there, I'm telling you. Yeah, she really didn't like me. She'd just gotten married, and that was a big boo-boo, but, you know, you live and learn. And consequently, she ended up getting a divorce about six months later. Oh, wow. You were right. It didn't last. Dead on. But nowadays, that's probably not a real stretch to make that. Yeah, it's not as uncommon. (laughs) That kind of prophecy, because I feel like most marriages end that way pretty much (laughs) nowadays, except for ours. We've been together almost 25 years now. Well, married almost 25 years now. That's true. It was, I was different. Even if I didn't say things, people would look at me like, oh, she's a little weird. They could pick up that I, I, I thought out of the box. I've always been different. And I didn't like the fact that I could see auras. And I would tell stuff to my mom, like, oh, my, my uncle's going to call. And he'd call within like two hours. Yeah. I would mention people and they would contact. You see what I'm saying? I was picking up that they were going to call. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, that's quite and interesting. This, <laughs> and this also, it's a double-edged sword, sword when I'm in relationships. Here's a, for instance. Uh, the father of my third child that was at a country Western bar, we were dancing. I just met him. And I said, you mind if I ask you a strange question? And he goes, sure. I said, is your birthday September the 3rd? He stops dead in his tracks and he says, how the hell do you know that? Yeah. He goes, are you stalking me? And I said, well, there was a neon sign over your head. It said September 3rd. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wow. It's, it's either when you're born I or got when you're going to die. Dates. I can't tell which, <laughs> but uh, I don't want to scare you. <laughs> I bet it is uh, odd for people to be in a relationship with someone who can tell things about them that maybe they wouldn't well, want you yeah, to know. Well, yeah, because they can't, <laughs> can't, they can't anything. lie to me. Yeah. <laughs> they can't lie. So you can immediately and, um, tell if they're lying? Yeah. Uh, not right away, but eventually um, I'll have a dream oh. about it. Yeah. My mother will come to me in spirit and, you know, she gave me the password for my, one of my boyfriend's, uh, you know, emails. And I found out a bunch of stuff because Uh-oh. of my deceased mother. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and when she did that in a dream? Yeah, stuff like that. I, I cracked three email passwords. Oh my goodness. Ooh, maybe you should work for the Psychic FBI then. <laughs> Actually, I applied to work for Mossad. <laughs> that really? was back in, yeah, 2020. And um, I got a lovely letter saying, thank you for your application, but we have all the you know, applicants that we're looking for, but thank you for applying. Yeah. And then you said, I know you're lying about that because I can see it. No, I don't feel they were lying. Okay. Well then maybe they just had too many. I don't know. Okay. You you said that you've been aware since you were a child. What are your first experiences of, with the spiritual connection? Oh, um, well, one of them was I was about 11. I was in the living room with my dad 
And I saw a man walk from my parents' bedroom into the bathroom. And I looked at him and I said, did you see that? And he said, yes. And we both agreed and continued to watch TV. (laughs) Just a normal day-to-day occurrence, you know. And nothing like that had ever happened before? Uh, I had seen, I had a dream when I was about 10 that my grandmother was saying goodbye and she was giving me a hug. And then I woke up, I told my dad, you know, grandma said goodbye. She's going to die soon. And within like two to three weeks, she died. Oh, no. So that makes me wonder something. Then you're having these visions and you have dreams. Do you ever have dreams of things that you think like that, that may be coming up that scare you or, or something that you're like, uh, like you think somebody might be dying or something bad's going to happen. And uh, do, do you ever have those Here's kind of experiences? One. Oh yeah. This happened recently. You want to hear this one? Mm-hmm. This is a crazy one. Yes. Um, about a week ago, I was walking back in downtown Savannah and I was on Broad Street. I heard an owl hooting. And the last time I heard an owl hoot, that was like bad omen. My daughter had run away the next day. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I, this is the third time I heard an owl hooting. It's a bad omen. That means either change or someone's going to die. So after I heard the owl hooting, I tripped over this, this crack in the sidewalk. And uh, I fell and I caught myself. I almost hit my head and I ripped my jeans. It was really bad fall. But it's a good thing because I passed by this store at about 8 p.m., got in my car, drove back. When I checked Facebook, it's a good thing I wasn't passing by the store at 8.30 p.m. because the store exploded. Oh, my there was goodness. A, yeah. It was, a, it was crazy. Had I not, if I had been like 30 minutes later, it would have been pretty bad. It blew the windows out and everything. Well, wow. I, I, well, maybe <laughs> then the hoot owl, we need to be listening for it. And if we hear that, does that apply to everybody or just people that have your uh, ability? You can look it up on Google, what it means, either change or an impending death. Oh, well, let's hope well, for death a good is change. change. <laughs> yeah. It's not a death to you per se, but somebody that you might know. Yeah. Okay, my limited understanding is that there's a difference between a psychic and a medium and that some people can be one or the other, but some people can be both. Is that true? And can you explain what they are? Yeah, there's different Claire. There's Claire audience means you can hear stuff. And I've heard a man, whoever this man in the spirit tell me, you're going to hear from an ex-boyfriend and it happens or a man telling me he's here and I've been in an event and I look up and there he was. There's clairvoyant, which means all seeing. You have a vision of something in the future. There's clairsentient, which means all feeling. There's olfactory, which means smelling, cigar smoke, no one's smoking, stuff like that, or perfume. Do you have that one? There's some, <laughs> more, there's some more clairs. can't think of the other one, but I I would say I'm a little bit of both since okay. I've gotten older and I can feel spirits or people's departed loved ones and I'll get messages and I'll tell people the messages from, you know, their, their relatives. So is that the medium part? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't done any seances or yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. but I do, I do have a crystal ball. So I'm expanding my repertoire. <laughs> so speaking of getting new equipment, do you find that as you get older that your 
particular gifts change? I mean, do they become stronger? Do they become weaker? Does it fluctuate or is it pretty much always been the same? Um, to me, it's, it's fluctuated and it's become stronger. When I was pregnant, it became stronger. Uh, I'm more confident and I'm, and I know I'm more trusting of my gifts and more, more confident. I'm not scared. I'm here to help other people. And I really enjoy helping people. Well, that's good. Uh, and it's good that you're using those abilities for the benefit of others. Then I imagine if people had your particular skill set, they could probably also use it for nefarious purposes if they wanted to. Uh, yes, they can. But I, from, my, from what I've seen of those people, if they use it in a negative way, those gifts are taken away because, you know, it's supposedly be for good. Okay. And, and just, yeah, so that's like bad karma. <laughs> and, and as far as your understanding of it is, where do you think the source of your abilities comes from? Is, is this some natural phenomenon or, or what, what do you think may have caused it? I think it was inherited definitely from my parents. I think you do inherit it. Uh, my children have my gifts in different forms, actually. So can you tell us what, what is your day-to-day like? I mean, what, what do you feel and experience uh, based off these abilities that you have? And are you constantly aware of the spiritual world around you or can you like block yeah. it off? Yeah, I'm constantly aware of it um, in a good way. Like, for instance, I'm really connected to the guy that I'm dating. One time I woke up and I saw a man that looked like him in the corner of my room. He was wearing a cape and a little tricorn hat. And he walked through me and out the window. Mm. Uh, when he lived with his old roommate, his roommate saw this kind of like a doppelganger. The girlfriend saw it. Everybody saw it. He was just walking around. I mean, this is my daily experience. <laughs> I'll hear messages. Sometimes it's more, some day, depending, like if it's a full moon, it's really powerful on a full moon so or you, even today is a new, a new moon. When you hear something, how do you distinguish it between just like people hearing their own thoughts in their head? Like, is it an audible it, voice or? Yes. It's okay. a voice that only I can hear. It's usually on my right side and it's a man. And it could be like, everybody has a spirit guide. I feel it's a, it's a man. And I think he's like a native American man. And people have seen See this guy apparently like 30 years ago they saw this guy walking around you know native american tall guy with long black hair i've never seen him i've heard him yeah oh so they just see it like there's somebody walking beside you and you you're not really knowing what's going on i was staying over at girlfriend's house she was in her room i was on the couch she saw this man walk into her room and then she he disappeared. She went outside and then she saw him right next to me on the couch. She told me all about him. That was the only instance where someone actually saw him. As you've mentioned before, and we'll get into this more. I mean, you told us because we had dinner together before we recorded this episode, but you, you mm-hmm. are in Savannah now and you've been around the world in various places. Do you feel mm-hmm. like places like Savannah, for example, with its rich history of, uh, well, hauntings, uh, bad things that happen, just various uh, things that have gone on. Do you think being in an area like that, does that have any effect on the energy you feel or does that fuel anything that you do? Or like if you were here versus being, 
in, I don't know, Houston, Texas? Um, is it is it a difference to you? It would have to be a place that I really connect. And there's a lot of portals here in Savannah. Like I also feel it in St. Augustine. I feel it's usually near water because water conducts a lot of energy. If I was in Houston, Texas, I and I'd been there, I wouldn't feel I didn't feel a thing there. <laughs> I just didn't think, you know, from what I know about Houston, Texas, I think they're famous <laughs> for their very hot temperatures in October and not being able to see past the uh the level of the atmosphere that the plane comes in because when I flew into Houston, I'm like, wow, I can't see anything out these windows. And it wasn't clouds, it was smog. So it just didn't seem like oh, a very okay. spiritually powerful area. I don't know. No, I would say like Sedona, like maybe Egypt, France, England. You can look up energy vortexes. There's a whole bunch and Google will tell you where these places are. So when you're around mm-hmm. other people, are you always aware, like, can you read them always? Or is there like people that oh, can be yeah. closed off from you? When I have an instant dislike for somebody, I know that maybe in a past life, they were not good or they did me wrong or we had a very bad relationship. So I try to stay away from those people. <laughs> okay. Well, you call us I really back, connect- so I'm thinking at least that means at least partially we didn't give you a bad I really job. connected with with both of you okay, good. good energy okay good <laughs> yeah that could relate to you know when you meet your boyfriend and it becomes your husband i mean when i met my ex-husband i told him i said you're going to be the father of i'm going to have two children with you <laughs> we ended up what getting married i mean I was, I was right <laughs> he was like flipping out he's like what how do you know that and i said i don't know i just know <laughs> So you said that you saw the number or the date above the guy's head before. So do you see things a lot? Yeah. Yeah. I had another instance at another country Western bar. This guy comes up to me, starts chit-chatting. And I said, you know, this may seem strange, but your birthday is November 15th and you have a scorpion tattoo on your upper left arm. He lifts his shirt up. There's the Scorpio tattoo. He goes, how do you know that? You, could, you you just guessed the middle of the month. And I said, I could have guessed any date, but I just knew your date was November 15th. <laughs> it's a neon sign effect. That's what we call it in the industry. Oh, I like it. <laughs> On the phone, it's a psychic pickup line. I always get the boy, the guy after I like amaze them with my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Does it ever scare people away? Well, it intrigues most men. Okay. Well, <laughs> I can see that. Like... <laughs> It's like, wow, I think maybe it might scare women. Yeah. Like I was at another bar and I went up to this lady. I said, this may seem strange, but your birthday is this and you're a Capricorn. And she says, let's go out back. I want to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, depending on the inflection of the voice there, that could have mean several different things. Like it could have been a threat. No, she was actually telling me, she goes, you know, around these parts, you got to be careful who you tell because we're some church people around here. And I said, no, I just felt like you were really open and I wanted to tell you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you say you have dreams. Um, do you have, I assume you have just normal dreams too. How do you know when it's a dream that has some significance? The, about two nights ago, I dreamt that about my oldest daughter, who we're not on speaking terms right now. And I dreamt that she was speaking perfect Spanish, which she doesn't speak. And my youngest daughter, who does speak Spanish, we were all talking at a table and 
I just felt a warm and fuzzy. So I felt, oh, this is a message. She's going to contact me. She hasn't contacted me yet, but I kind of felt that that was like a message. Okay. It was a very intuitive dream. Yeah. So do you think your dreams are more vivid than most people? Because I feel like I forget my dreams almost as soon as I wake up. Do you remember most of your dreams? Yeah, I do. And my youngest daughter also has uh, vivid dreams like me. She's got, uh, she's very intuitive. I talk to a lot of people, but most of my friends are intuitive. So they have pretty vivid dreams too. So I guess it depends on who you talk to. One thing that's uh, another interesting aspect about you, you do live in this area around us. And you told Mm -hmm. us that you actually work as an actor for one of the local tour uh, trolleys around here that give the haunted tours as well as I assume just the regular tours that go around Mm -hmm. for, for information. Mm -hmm. And could you tell us based off of those experiences, you know, any paranormal experiences that you've had personally in Savannah or that you know of that you think might be interesting? Oh yeah. Um, I was on uh, one of the haunted tours. I was um, looking through the gates over by colonial park cemetery and uh, I see this man inside the gates. Now, after 5.30, you know, they close the gates and nobody's supposed to be in there. So I told my friend who was the tour guide, I said, do you see that man over there? And she goes, oh, my God, everybody gets your cameras out. So everybody starts videoing. And the guy was wearing all blue and he was moving and he was solid and he had a musket. And it was <laughs> a Civil War soldier. And they got it on video. Yeah. And for the benefit of our listeners, the Colonial Cemetery, which we've talked about before, is yeah. right in the middle of the historic district near the big Catholic church. And some of the history of that is that the Civil War soldiers did come in there and actually use that as like a base. Is that correct? Yes. You got the history they did. on that? He was, it was the coldest winter on record, December of 1864. Sherman had just come into town. And they went inside the vaults and they used the bone boxes of the dead people to burn as firewood. Oh, wow. To to stay warm. They had their horses in there, the cavalry, and then they took the um, headstones and they decided to be funny and change the dates of the births and the deaths. And just you could see those headstones in the back wall where the brick is on the. Yeah, other side I think I remember hearing that. Yeah, before. there's somebody that's a thousand years old. Uh, in there, in there. <laughs> yes. According exactly. to the headstone. <laughs> so earlier you were talking about portals. Do you want to explain what a portal is for us? A portal would be like, here's an analogy. Have you ever seen Star Trek? Yes. Oh, yeah. We're quite familiar with Star Trek. Okay. Remember when he, they're like, beam me up, Scotty, that light beam. I would say that that would be like a portal. It's a, a portal to another dimension or another time period because past, present, and future are happening at the same time. So time, in in man's view, is an illusion. Kind of like stepping into, from going from your room to the bathroom, walking into a different dimension. So it's like easy like that in the spirit world. So that's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing when you're talking about a portal. Correct. I mean, that's just the yeah. spiritual energy or something is connected mm-hmm. according to what you believe as far as between yeah. two distinct locations. So you can travel Correct. spiritually from one place to another. And so what is your body doing while you're doing that? Well, here's an analogy. Like, you know, when you're driving and you're kind of in a meditative state. Yeah. 
you're on the highway and you're thinking back, you're remembering stuff. Like when you were 15, that's kind of like a form of time travel and you're thinking about a certain person. Well, then I'll hear from that person from my past. And you can also do it in your dreams, time travel in your dreams. That's the same thing. Okay. Usually relaxed and you're really in a meditative state. That's when spirits come to you because you're not blocking them with your logical mind. I don't know. I seem when I have dreams, it's like the realities <laughs> of the physical world still exist. It's like every time I'm dreaming and you know how those times you can just tell that you're dreaming and you know you're yeah. dreaming. And and you guys, you both probably do this all the time. I do it very occasionally. I'm like, well, the first thing I do is I'm going to fly. <laughs> I'm just going to fly, but I can't. It's like I can't fly, <laughs> jump off the ground, I fall down because even in my dreams, my mind says, you can't do that. So <laughs> apparently I can't use portals either. Do you think all people have some sort of abilities or do you think that it's reserved for certain people? Everybody has the ability. It's kind of like, but it's a matter of practicing, like practicing the piano. It's a matter of developing it. Yeah, everyone is intuitive. Everyone's born that way. Some people are more open to it than others. And uh, you had mentioned the portals linking different locations in the world. And you've been, like we said earlier, in, in several cities around the world. Which cities do you find to be the most spiritually active or peaceful? I know I know you said that you find certain places very peaceful for you. I would say when I was in Israel in the port of Jaffa, there was a connection between that and St. Augustine. It just reminded me, um, well, the Crusaders were in that area. Of course, the Spanish and different nationalities were in St. Augustine. I felt a strong connection between the two. Florida and Israel. So you said you've had past lives. Do you want to tell us how you know that and what about what you were? Do you know mm -hmm. who you were? I had a lot of deja vu when I was traveling in France. Um, there was, I was on the Metro and there was a stop called Drancy. And there was something about that that just felt bad to me. When I got back to the States, I looked up Drancy. Drancy was an internment camp for Jews during the Holocaust. And, um, Prior to being becoming Jewish, I was Catholic and I would have these dreams of this apartment complex and I would see these stone walls and I was looking through a peephole and I had two children. I had to hide them under the cupboard. Apparently, I was dreaming of Poland, of Warsaw. I did have a past life regression. I was put under hypnosis and I was Jewish in a past life. That would explain why I would read magazines from right to left and you read Hebrew from right to left. I decided to check out converting. I really believed that I was Jewish in a past life because, like I said, I was under hypnosis. So that's what drew you to want to convert to Judaism in your yeah. current life is because you believe that's what you believed in a previous life. Yes. And there is a book called Beyond the Ashes about people that are blonde from Sweden having these crazy dreams of being in Poland, of train tracks and German shepherd dogs. And that was written by an Orthodox uh, rabbi. You can look it up, Beyond the Ashes. A lot of similar dreams to what I was experiencing. There was also a support group, too. Do you think people mm -hmm. are There's continually, like all people have past lives? Yes. Whatever your, like your brothers and sisters could have been your mother or your father in a past life, whatever hobbies or jobs you had in a past life, you bring into this lifetime. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Do you think you Kinda stay like as a family unit? 
sometimes uh, whole family units reincarnate together, or it could be someone who was killed you in a past life, and that could have been your brother mm. in or this your lifetime. <laughs> or your husband. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> you don't you don't see no neon signs over my head saying uh, yeah. previous killer, right? This could explain no. why people think no, my brother and sister. <laughs> Unless yeah, in my I, previous I life, I was uh, 180 degrees away from what I am right now. I don't think I was probably a killer. No, you're not a killer. No, no. I didn't feel that. Do you think that very <laughs> evil people get to be continually reincarnated? Yeah, because they have to learn. They didn't learn their lesson. So you think like, they can be you know, redeemed? Hitler. Yeah, Hitler I'm thinking of Hitler. <laughs> yeah. So you think he came could be out there him. somewhere in a new life? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't learn his lesson, obviously. He was a very evil person. So they reincarnate. So you think they can be redeemed in a new life? I don't know that answer. There is. I know that at Barnes & Noble, they do have a, para, uh, a reincarnation section in the paranormal section. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of studies on that. It is probably quite complex. <laughs> well, I don't yes. think that it's I, not an easy answer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, well, I'm not going to say I don't think. I know I wasn't Hitler in a past life, but I have been told that people think I might have been Elvis. So I don't oh. know why that is because he died right around right before I was born. He so. died while your mom was pregnant. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, maybe that's where I get <laughs> all these <laughs> musical <laughs> talents. <laughs> You have a connection to Memphis? You have a connection to Memphis? <laughs> not really. but uh, Not that we know of, but maybe. We don't know anything about our have, history. I'm a musician, but I don't do much singing. Mm-hmm. But we have found out that it seems like the only thing my voice is suited for is country music. So I don't know. Maybe that's the key. That's the connection. That's the key? Yeah. You never know. Maybe you need to do a podcast about Graceland. <laughs> I heard that it's haunted. Hey, there you go. <laughs> there we go. That's our next one. We got to go to Graceland, too, then. <laughs> You do, as you said earlier, uh, physical readings or tarot readings uh, for people regularly. So how how does that work? Uh, you mean for the other person? Yes. Yeah, like, yes do you need sir. to touch the person? Do you just need to see Oh, no. Them Usually they're, they're sitting, you know, in front of me or next to me. And I ask them, what is it that they would like to know? And usually the most important questions, most common, love, career, money, there's three right there, or life, you know, or life path. Yes. And so I shuffle the cards and then I tell them, okay, tell me when to stop. And then I cut the, I uh, have them cut the deck in three with their left hand. The left hand is closest to your heart. And that's also where the wedding band is placed. That's why on the left hand. And so they cut the deck in three and then they put it back in one stack. And I go ahead and tell them what's going on in their life presently and what happened in the past. Then we go into the future and then I ask them, do you have any questions? And then I kind of elaborate from there as to, you know, what is it they want to know? Do you often have to give bad news? Um, In my 30 years of readings, I have never seen a death or told anyone they were going to die. That's good. I I have been terrified. (laughs) (laughs) I have said, go to the doctor or physical. (laughs) Yeah, Mm, that's about it. Yeah. So what is most people's uh, reaction when they meet you and they find out that you're a psychic? Um, are they usually skeptical or most people open to learning more about it? Well, during, in my, you know, day to day, my real job, I don't really reveal that. I keep mm-hmm. that separate. I do parties and I do private readings. So that's fine because they already know I'm a psychic. I only tell people when I feel that 
they're open and I usually intuitive, intuitively know. So that's how that goes. You know, imagine if you're around someone long enough, it's hard to hide when you start telling them stuff that you are into, you know, you're, yeah. you're figuring out, but they, you wouldn't know. Like you got a <laughs> tattoo of a scorpion on your butt. <laughs> I was like, how would you know that? I mean, trust me, you well, don't want to know. <laughs> I kind of felt like the particular guys, I felt that they were open to it. I just intuitively knew. And it, it would be funny. It's like a psychic comedian, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could figure it's out like, what the I'm audience is going to laugh at before you say it and make sure you just say <laughs> those jokes. Yeah. I've gotten a, a couple of husbands and a lot of boyfriends out of my ability. But then once I'm in the relationship, it, like I said, it's a double-edged sword because I know things and I saved their, I saved my ex-husband life in one instance. Really? Well, that might How'd be that an interesting happen? story. Well, what happened was um, before he went off to work, I told him that he needed to be careful driving. He just really needs to pay attention because he was in some kind of danger just to be careful. He comes back and he said, didn't you tell me I was in danger? And I said, yeah, what happened? Oh, the gear shifter got stuck. There was a truck coming and it was coming head on in his lane. Uh Oh, yeah. I guess it's a good thing he he listened to you then, huh? Yeah, he was able to go into another lane and the gear shifter miraculously worked. So in that particular there instance, was did you hear something or did you just have an impression that day or what? I had an impression. I had an impression. And um, yeah, in another instance, he bought a new car and I it was a convertible. And I said, you need to be careful. One of your friends is going to try to steal your car. So be very leery. He comes back and he says... Didn't you tell me about my car being stolen? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, it was stolen. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I guess you should have listened to me. I mean, come on, put a GPS in it or something. I told him not to trust this particular friend. And well, he decided to trust him and let him go for a ride in his new convertible. (laughs) I guess he wasn't listening well enough. He must have me. You would think like being around you that people would start listening. More closely. Do you feel like somebody that has your abilities, do you attract spirits to you? Or are they, is it like a magnet that would draw them to you versus maybe to somebody yeah. like me who just wouldn't even notice what was going on? I mean, do, <laughs> it could literally do, be standing beside him. He wouldn't know. <laughs> do they sense you and they're like, oh, this is somebody I might be able to communicate with. Yeah. And so they're drawn to you. This happened at the 1790 when I stayed there. I have a Great story about that. Oh, please tell us because we just <laughs> yeah, we stayed, just stayed there, there on Valentine's Day in Anna's Okay. Room. I went there for my boyfriend's birthday and we checked in and we went to dinner and then we came back. And before we got ready for bed, I said, let's turn the light on in the bathroom because I don't want to sleep in total darkness here. I'm dozing off and I hear footsteps coming from the bathroom and it sounds like someone's you know, with uh, barefoot. And it's, I feel it's a woman. And I said to him, I said, do you hear that? And he says, no. And I said, well, in my mind, I was telling whoever it was, if it was Anne, I said, you need to leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep. Well, she went over to his side of the bed and bothered him. Apparently I woke up, I asked him how he slept. And he said that he woke up with his hand up in the air and felt like somebody was touching him with bony fingers and it felt like spider webs going through his hands. Ooh. And then he told me he heard the footsteps. Uh-oh. 
See, this is why I'm glad nothing happened. <laughs> when we stayed there, we stayed in Anna's room and I had a leather jacket. The only thing that really happened mm-hmm. to us is I took it off and threw it at the foot of the bed and it was on the bed. Mm-hmm. It was a heavy jacket, so it ain't going to just slide off. And me and Crystal were sitting on the bed looking through the journals that people had left there. And then all of a sudden my jacket just went shoop and just fell into the floor. And I was like, oh, yeah. how'd that happen? <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. That's the only thing. That's that about the only thing that happened to us. To us. Yeah. Which is oh, because she me. loves men. She loves the men. Apparently she kisses them, hugs them, and she doesn't like the women. She left you alone? She did. I was surprised. Maybe you got wow, some kind of cool. powerful energy aura <laughs> or something, Crystal, and she just didn't want to mess with it. <laughs> She's like, no, thank you. Well, she didn't mess with me. And um, in fact, my boyfriend ended up getting a really bad cold and he still has this awful cough since that night. It's been two weeks. Oh, my goodness. wow. Well, I'm glad that she was just bored that night then, I guess, and didn't want to mess with us. So. <laughs> but Crystal wants to go back and spend a couple days there to hopefully get an experience. So we only spent the one night. and. From what I read in the journals, most people that stayed there, they didn't feel anything until like the second or third night of their stay. So what what room did y'all stay in? 207. Okay, so that's on the same floor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we were in 204. It was 204. Zana's room. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, she probably goes all over the place. Well, uh, Grumpy mm-hmm. said that she wanders the hallways. So yeah. I'm thinking maybe she does make the rounds. <laughs> she was in mm-hmm. another room yeah, that night. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe she was busy in room 207 that night. Didn't have nothing. <laughs> Apparently, her boyfriend must be more attractive than I am. So she's over in that room, I'm guessing. So I don't know. Um, so we, we do have a few more questions for you here. Um, what would you like people to understand about, uh, I don't necessarily want to say your profession, but uh, your your abilities and, and what you do to somebody who's oh. a skeptic or somebody who's like scared of that, what would you like to say to them? Number one, I want to say, and this is what everybody wants from a psychic, the lottery numbers. I cannot yeah. give you the lottery <laughs> numbers. I can't even get them for myself. So that's not something I can do. So just want to tell everybody that I'm not, that's not my specialty. Well, I'm scratching <laughs> off my next question right now. <laughs> And then number two is even when I give you kind of like a snapshot of what's going on, you have free will and anything can change at any time. So what I say is not written in stone. Okay. I'm not God. I want to say that I'm just a human with some abilities that I can see things, but you are the master of your own ship and you have And my motto is to be forewarned is to be forearmed. It's good to know ahead of time so you can make some decisions, you know? That's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah. You can change your ways. It's almost like the ghost of Christmas past. (laughs) And the ghost of Christmas, actually, maybe more so the ghost of Christmas future. Future. Sorry. It makes more sense in that context, I guess. Well, they're all three happening at the same time. Oh, well, time is a social construct. Yeah. Is it a social construct or a man-making? I'm losing track of this. I don't know. But uh, time is always something that's confused me. And I was wondering how, you know, how you feel deja vu sometimes. And you're like, how in the world has this already happened, but it hasn't already happened? You know, that that happens to me a lot. Yeah. Do you think that's what deja vu is, that sensation? Yes. Yeah, I have deja vu a lot. 
I do too, but it's probably yeah. because I don't pay good attention to stuff and I just don't realize that it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. And I was daydreaming. But you know what? I don't need the lottery numbers. What I need you to tell me is how do I win at slots in Las Vegas? And don't I can say, tell you, you don't. Don't play. Don't. <laughs> yeah, you don't. I had a dream about a, a slot machine. I was on a cruise and I dreamt that if I went to a certain slot machine that I would win, well, I listened to the dream. I went to the slot machine. All of a sudden, starts dinging with all this money coming out. My mother's freaking out. Yeah, that happened. That happened to me. Awesome. <laughs> oh my goodness! And so, in this vision, she's playing the role of me, <laughs> and the riverboat represents Las Vegas. All right, so we got to go back to Vegas. This is, is what is you're saying. This is how I interpret her vision and dreams. So she already won. You know, but. It can it can carry it can on. happen again. Like she said earlier, these are things that can be changed. They're not written in stone. Yeah, time isn't. It's all linear. Yeah, timing is everything. Yeah, t- it's all about timing. It's not yeah. linear. I mean, maybe I actually already won the money that she envisioned herself winning. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I believe that's going to do it. I do appreciate you taking the time to call in to the podcast and talk with us. I sure. had a good time and yeah, learned a little you. bit. And uh, I'm sure we'll probably see you around. We might take you up on that offer about coming and seeing you on one of those tours. Yeah, we're overdue for a tour. Glitching Hour, and you should book uh, with my friend Bridget. She's in Ireland right now, and uh, she's wonderful. They use a lot of um, equipment like dowsing rods, EMF meters, and uh, spirit boxes. They got all the big hits. My favorite things. Some of the favorite (laughs) things. All right, we'll we'll do that. And like I said, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. Okay, thanks. Bye. So all in all, that was a pretty interesting interview with somebody who's got a unique uh, look at the world, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Hopefully she didn't see anything bad happening to us and just neglected to tell us. I know. She said she liked our auras or whatever. She thought we were pretty cool, so. Yeah, she did. And I do appreciate that because um, obviously she's totally 100% correct about it because there's nothing crazy about me. Yeah. What did she say she thought you were in a former life? I don't know, a musician, maybe, or maybe I'm Elvis. Oh, yeah. No, she did get like a uh, connection to Elvis with you, she said. I I think she did because I said I was like Elvis reincarnated. the blue eyes. Did Elvis have blue eyes? Mm Oh, well, I guess then He's we're basically exactly the same person then yeah. is the only thing I could imagine. <laughs> so that's going to bring us to the portion of our episode where we like to insert graphic here. Fabulous. What, what we're, we're watching. watching. So we've been really busy lately and we don't have a lot of time to devote to movies at the moment. So Except for last night. Well, yeah, but but those that, are going to yeah. come out on a later episode. But for this purpose... I've been watching a lot of old TV shows like The Twilight Zone and Perry Mason. If it's not in black and white, she ain't got no desire to watch it. No, I just love the black and white. I do too. It's just something about it yeah, makes like it feel more If they TV-ish. colorized it, I wouldn't enjoy it as much. I mean, you see what happened to Andy Griffith show. It was just, yeah. it went downhill. Yeah. Like we actually watched an episode yesterday or the day before uh, on The Twilight Zone and it had a very young William Shatner yeah, he was okay, like 12, wasn't he? <laughs> he wasn't that young. Yeah, that he was, was, he a, was pretty young. Yeah, that was He's quite a handsome man. Yeah, I think that was before Star Trek. I they, could see why they would have cast him as a captain then after watching that episode. 
Yeah. What do you think about the Twilight Zone? I love it so far. I, I like the old stuff because they don't have to resort to all the things that modern television shows do to try to be current and edgy. And it's just they try to tell a story. And sometimes the stories are a little cheesy and corny. They mostly are. But they're still entertaining, and I find it funny most of the time, especially this episode that we watched with William Shatner. Yeah, I just like the whole culture of it, like the old, the 50s, 60s culture was so different than what we have now. Like, you don't have to worry about anything being inappropriate or, of course, some of it is like now backwards. It's a little outdated in some aspects, yeah. Yeah, like with the women in certain situations <laughs> especially thinking. the perry mason show yeah i love perry mason i grew up watching it because peer pressure my friends peer pressure. my friends were into perry mason you had friends that watched perry mason i did that's how i got into the atlanta braves and perry mason so you just succumbed to peer pressure i did over pretty much everything then i did and that's how i first learned about perry mason was uh, as soon as i got moved to mount holly and was put into ag we went to AG and they started talking about Perry Mason. So I'm like, oh, I've got to know what this I is. I have to know what they're talking about. I have to consume every conceivable form of that media. Yeah, but it was really hard to do back then because you couldn't just watch anything when on When I'm not demand. listening to new kids on the block. Yeah, I was doing that too. <laughs> nonstop while watching Perry Mason. I think it only came on on like Saturday mornings or something. So I have to make sure I was there at the TV at like 10 a.m. or whatever it was. You didn't have VCR? Yeah, I did, but... I don't know if it came on cable or what. I can't remember how I watched it, but I remember sitting in the living room watching it. So it must have. I remember how it used to come on. It would come on like right after the cartoons. Yeah. And as soon as it started, I immediately got up, went outside to play because I hated it when the cartoons went off. Oh, he didn't like Perry Mason. I've literally never watched it until we started watching it together. Really? I mean, I love it now, but I'm far more mature than I used to be, at least physically, maybe not mentally. I think Raymond Burr, who plays... Perry Mason has got to be like my favorite 50s, 60s actor. Even more than Rod Serling? Well, yeah, because he just did intros and outros. Perry Mason's a whole character. He makes, what is it you just said a, a few minutes ago? In the yeah, it's the only show I've ever seen that made murder elegant. <laughs> like elegant. The lady just walking off on the arm of the detective. Yeah, just, so you may like, take my arm as you take me to the place. She yeah. didn't even call it jail or prison. She said you just. In her little fur coat and her heels. I just love the way it's like he gets everybody to confess on the stand and it's like just minimal prodding to do it too. Yeah, he just has a way of delivering his lines that's just no one else is like that. You couldn't cast someone else. Well, I guess they did. Like, I like the new show, Perry Mason, that came it out. It is not the same. But he's not Perry Mason. Like, he's, no. he's an edgy new version. He's not Raymond Burr. No. There will it, never be like another Raymond Burr. He's more of a rough and tumble kind of uh, detective. Well, not a detective, but, you know. He's, he's, he's getting lawyer. in fights and stuff. Yeah. He's a lawyer. Whereas Perry Mason Perry Mason's would never just resort so to fisticuffs. He comes in and he'd be like, here's my card. You yeah. know, uh, <laughs> I am a lawyer, but I'm not looking for business. I'm just trying to help. That's all I'm here for. <laughs> Did you know that they redid the Perry Mason show in the 90s? I had no idea. Yes. And it was Raymond Burr and Barbara Hale as Della Street. Is that back when he got a little bit more... Big. Yeah, he was extremely overweight at that point, and his hair had gone gray, so he wasn't exactly... Was his voice still cool? His voice was still the voice, though, but yeah, he had a little different look, but yeah, they redid it in the 90s. 
Was it, in color. Was it a reboot or was it just it was supposed all to be he's just older yeah, and it's yeah. the same people in the same world? It was world the same and world and the same, ca- you know, but new cases, but in the modern world at that time in the 90s. Sort of like the way Andy Griffith uh, got a promotion from being a town sheriff to being Matlock. Matlock. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's exactly like that. But uh, um, Drake wasn't in it because he died back in the 60s or 70s, I believe. How rude of him to do that and not come back for the show. You I know? don't know. You couldn't even make a guest appearance or anything. Uh, just, some peoples are just divas, you know? Yeah, I know. So let's start with The Twilight Zone. What is your rating and why in dog treats? 12 of them. 12 of them? Mm-hmm. Like we have a 12, potential we have 12, 12 available. Are we saying that it well, is 12 and you're coercing you me? You're trying to use peer pressure yes. to make me say what you want me I to say. I make you watch the shows, don't I? So my peer pressure is working. So what's going to happen when I say I give it a one? Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> well, you, obviously I'm not giving You'll it a one. You'll regret this. I'm not giving it a one. <laughs> I just said that because I'm just trying to irk you. Uh, the Twilight Zone, what I've seen of it so far, I would say that I really enjoy the show. And overall, as a show, I will give the original series of The Twilight Zone a 9 out of 12, maybe. Okay. And it's because I haven't seen all the episodes yet. Maybe I'll enjoy some more and some less. But they did have one episode that we watched that I really liked a whole bunch. The stop at Willoughby's. Yeah. Last stop at Willoughby's. That episode was just so good. And I would have changed it. I would have changed the name of the episode. And I would have changed a few other minor things. But overall, that story, I think, is probably the best episode I've seen as far as story writing on that show. Okay, so what about Perry Mason? I'm going to give it a 12 out of 12 because Perry Mason is just cool. It's just cool. I thought you might. So tell me, what is your rating of both these shows? And we know it's going to both be 12, but tell me why. Well, The Twilight Zone, I'm not going to give it a 12. It's not like my go-to show. seems a little rude, really. Uh, You didn't either. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 12 because there are some episodes that are just like, eh, what was that? Yeah, I get that. It's like it's like we had to fill up space in the season. You know, it goes over your head, so it's really out there if it goes over your head. I do catch on to the crazies. Yeah, so I'm going to give that one a ten. I really like it, and I'll watch it any episode at any time. But it's not like my go-to. Perry Mason, I could have on twenty-four-seven. So I'm going to give it a twelve. I I will have to say this: I might give each show another star and bump it up because now it's no longer a show about people trying to lose weight. I haven't been through all those episodes. Or murder. Yeah, what a, I, I've been off the murder for a little while. And also, baseball's getting ready to start in just another day Tomorrow or so. Tomorrow so, is opening know, day, and I'm so excited. They're the next opening in Washington, playing the Nationals. Go I'm Braves. super excited. Hashtag for the A. Yes. So that's going to bring this to the portion of the show that we like to call... Coffee talk. So, Crystal, what have the girls been up to this week? Well, they had a very good weekend. Ethan came to stay with them while we were in Jacksonville, so they were super excited. They always get excited when anyone comes over. Especially Ethan, because he always gives them treats when he comes in. Yeah, he gives them more treats than we do, and he lets them sleep in our bed with him, so they're super excited when that happens. Yeah, well, coffee doesn't get to, does she? Sometimes he lets her, and then sometimes she wakes him up, so she he won't, but I don't know if he did this time. But Layla 
every time he does that, she gets spoiled. When we come back, it takes us several days to get her to not try to come in their room at night. She tries to strong arm us. You don't negotiate with terrorists. You can't. You can't give them an inch. Also, the exterminator came by today, and that's always exciting. They hate him with a burning passion of a thousand suns. As soon as he walks up to the door, they go off and start barking at him relentlessly. And he of course, has- that's also true of anybody that comes to it our is, door. But it but- seems they have a special hatred for him. I don't know why. It, it doesn't make sense, but yes, they It's do. probably because they know he's going to come in the yard. And they can't get to and him. And they can't get to him because we, we close the door. Because yeah. they'll, they'll, all they'll do is run up, bark at oh, him, yeah. and ask for pets. But still, they need the option to kill, too. <laughs> yeah, they got to have their options. Yeah. They do not like it when you close the door for any reason. I'm aware of that. And then you get angry that I keep the door open. Well, it's because you're air conditioning or heating the outside, and we can't afford that. Unfortunately, I negotiate with terrorists <laughs> because do. I don't want to get beat up by terrorists, <laughs> the dogs. So if you want to find us online, you can go to scarysavannahandbeyond.com. You can find us on all social media platforms if you look for the user at Scary Savannah. We'd also like to tell you about our Patreon page where you can get all kinds of exclusive additional episodes and videos just by going to patreon.com forward slash Scary Savannah. And that will allow you to sign up and you will help support the podcast. And you also get access to that content, which we drop at least one thing a week, usually on Sundays at 8 p.m., just like our normal episodes. So you just get all that much more interesting stuff, right? Yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff over there. We just did an episode where I went to my childhood home and investigated it with oh, special yeah. guest, my dad. Yeah, that was a funny one. And he's just that much cooler than me. you want a little insight into Brett? You can see his dad and see where he gets some of his uh, eccentricities. Yeah, I love my dad. He's hilarious. I wish I could have got my mom on with us, but I didn't even ask her because I figured (laughs) that she'd probably be like, I'm not going on your podcast. I mean, not that she don't like our podcast, but she's one of them kind of people that don't really enjoy the limelight, so to speak. You know what I mean? That must not be where you got it from. Not at all. Not at all. Because I am definitely, I will say this, I am one of the most humble people that have ever lived. You are. And I. And I and I like to tell everybody that. You do a tremendous amount of teamwork. Team. There's I do all the teamwork mm-hmm. individually. Mm-hmm. I do all the teamwork. What do you do? Also, please go to our website and look for a uh, coffee cup that's sort of similar to this color in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. You can click on that and donate coffees to the podcast, which would be greatly appreciated because then we'd be able to continue to have these coffee cups full. These are prop cups right now <laughs> that just happen to be full of coffee at the moment. Yeah, we even have one listener who is sending us some actual coffee from Roatan. That's amazing. amazing. And thank you so much for that, Savannah. Yeah, Savannah. And we also want to give us. Savannah a happy birthday shout out. Her birthday is, was yesterday. Happy birthday. Yeah, we also have a story that she sent in that we'll be reading upcoming in an upcoming episode. It was really interesting. And story. I'll read it in the most scary voice I know how to do. You will. Probably. Right, but thank you, Savannah. Yes, thank you so much. We appreciate your support. When we get the coffee, we'll show everyone. Yes, we, we most definitely will. So that brings us to the point where 15 small words are uttered in the course of human events have changed. Is that what happens? That is exactly what happens every single time you say it. Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on. But do you know who do not? Elvis Presley is who you think I'm talking about, but it turns out he's right here. He lived on in me because I got blue eyes, right? He did die when your mother was pregnant with you, so 
coincidence. So it turns out asked maybe Elvis didn't learn his lesson, and I'm here <laughs> to be the thing that fixes that. Sort of like Scott Bakula in Quantum Leap. Can you sing like Elvis? Of course. Let's hear it. Thanks for watching Scariest <laughs> Event and Beyond. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>